Praise God. Let's get into the word. I want to encourage you in the word because the word speaks life and the word allows us to be reminded of who God is, is faithful. And also without the word, we are lost. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, open up your Bible with me to Mark chapter nine, Mark chapter nine. If you got it, say amen. amen. My message is titled help my unbelief. Before we go into scripture, I want to just begin by praying. Lord God, I thank you for your house, for your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for your people your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Lord God, for the power of your Holy Spirit that draws us into these truths that we find in Scripture. Lord God, I'm asking that you'd lead me. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would work in a supernatural way, the only way you know how to. And I pray that every heart would be transformed by the power of the gospel. I give you all the glory and the honor. I thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to do, because I know in faith that the captives are going to be set free. There is going to be deliverance. There is going to be a breakthrough because you are a good God. In your name, I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Mark, Mark chapter nine. If you got to say amen. Beginning with verse 14, look at it. And when they came to the disciples... They saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. Now, just to give you a little context, Peter, James, and John were coming down from a mountain. We know it as the Mount of Transfiguration. And it was a really cool experience on the top of this mountain. If you just look up at me, I just want you to understand just kind of what we're looking at. And Jesus was walking around having conversation with Elijah and Moses. It was a real cool moment. And Jesus was like glowing, his face shining, his clothes just on an extreme level of white. I mean, that kind of white that you and I could only imagine. And it was this incredible moment. And Peter was so overwhelmed that he tried to chime in on the conversation that was going on with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And God kind of like spoke over him because Peter was saying like all the wrong things. And when you got Jesus in a full conversation with Moses and Elijah, you should really just shut up and just watch and just listen and wait. But he kind of suggested that maybe he should build a couple of tents and we just stay right here at the top of the mountain. Bad idea because there's a whole lot of people that still need to get saved. And so anyway, God comes, God's voice and he speaks and it's an incredible moment. And then Jesus makes his way down the mountain. And so now here we are in the text coming down off the mountain and there's still nine of his other disciples, but his other nine disciples who didn't go up to the top of the mountain, they're in an argument with the scribes. They're, they're in an all out argument with all of these religious leaders. And so the Bible says in verse 15, and immediately all the crowd, when they saw him being Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. Now, before we go on to verse 16, there's a possibility that maybe Jesus was still glowing on a whole nother level, which caused them to be like, oh, wow, look at this. And they all came running. But that's just, again, my personal opinion, because the scriptures don't give us that specific. But in verse 16, you with me say, amen. amen. Jesus asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him. Now we know that that someone was the father of this young man who was possessed by this demonic spirit. And in verse 17, this someone from the crowd answered Jesus who had just asked, why are you arguing? Teacher, I brought my son to you. 
For he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. And he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to, to cast it out. And they were not able. So stop right there. As we look at this story and unpack the truths of, of what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us, I have to kind of really paint the picture. Now, when they came down off the mountain, there was an argument. The, the argument was, was in full effect between the disciples and the scribes. But that's not what they were supposed to be doing. There was a father that actually showed up and he had asked the disciples, would you cast out this demon that is, has possessed my son? But apparently the disciples were having a hard time casting out that demon. Not just having a hard time, but they just couldn't do it. And so we can safely assume that the religious people were like, uh-huh, see, you're powerless. You see, the whole thing is a fraud. You see, there's nothing you can do. You see, you're following this man around and there's really no results, no supernatural results as we can see. And here were the disciples going back, back and forth with the scribes, this all out argument. Jesus is like, what are you arguing about? And then the father gives us the truth that actually the disciples had blown it. They did not cast out the demon. I got to tell you, this is not the time to be in arguments with the world. This is not the time to be in arguments with other religions. This is the time for you and I to simply know and believe in faith that our God reigns and that there's only one true God and he has given us his power and authority to cast out demons. But there's a little bit more that we have to unpack to understand kind of this whole situation. You see, there is this boy, according to the father, who is mute, he, he can't talk. He, and when he tries to talk, he, he grinds his teeth and he foams at the mouth and here he is in complete bondage. This demonic spirit controlling his life. And so the father comes to Jesus and says, I tried to come to your disciples. I was hoping that the ones that follow you would be the ones that walk in faith and are able to cast out this demon that has been tormenting my son. Because you better believe that this demon was trying to kill this young man. And the plan and the schemes of the enemy haven't changed at all. Because the enemy is still trying to destroy this generation. And so... Jesus in verse 19, look at it. After the father explains what's going on in verse 19, if you're with me, say amen. Jesus, he answered them, oh, faithless generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And so in this moment, Jesus, I believe, is frustrated with his disciples saying, come on, you've got me. Here I am. And I've been teaching you and preparing you for this. And I need you to walk in my authority. I need you to move in the power that I've given you. I've, I've equipped you. I've prepped you. Come on, you got to get this. And there was a sense of urgency that you get from Jesus who is trying to not just call out his disciples. I mean, he put them on full blast in front of everybody. Like, come on, you don't got no faith. Get yourself together. But it was so much deeper than that. What he was trying to explain to them is this. Do not draw back in fear. Do not doubt. Do not hesitate. Because I'm going to give you a power that's supernatural. This is not based on whether it's a good day or not. This is simply based on your 
your faith in me. And each and every day, you're going to overcome every attack of the enemy. Every attack. If you've got God, you've got power. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you can expect that God is going to do something in your life. It is what we call a breakthrough. That's why we sing it so passionately. Because we know in faith that when Jesus died on a cross, when he died on that cross, laid down his life for us, he defeated sin and death. He paid my sin debt, your sin debt. And this is what he did. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his spirit. The Spirit of God dwells inside of every believer that allows you to stand, that allows you to call in the name of Jesus and expect that demons will flee. That's what I want to see. Listen, this is not the time for arguments. This is the time for you and I to call in the name of Jesus and watch demons run. Because while we attempt to simply have arguments in the hope of just maybe I'll be able to kind of defend and what I believe in and articulate what I believe in, we've got young people that are demonically possessed even now today. Demons are running around wild in our city. And I'm tired of it. And I want to see victory in the name of Jesus. I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit demonstrated in my life and in your life. I don't want to sit back on the sidelines and just kind of enjoy church and do church as usual. I don't want to simply just read for the sake of reading. I want to open up the word, sense the presence of God, sense his spirit moving in me. And I want to declare in the name of Jesus that demons have to run and flee. Hey, listen, go back with me. Verse 20. But right before verse 20, look at the, the, the last thing that Jesus says after having to call out the disciples. He said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Because you see, regardless of where you and I stand in our faith, regardless of where you and I stand in with doubt and fear, regardless of how you feel about salvation and the power of Jesus, regardless of how you feel about the gospel, Jesus Christ will always be glorified. He will. The Bible says this, that he is the alpha and the omega, meaning he's the beginning and the end. He has the final say. He has the final say. So despite the argument, despite how just messed up and dramatic things were in this moment. you got this young man possessed by this demon. You've got scribes arguing with disciples. You've got disciples who are struggling with their faith. But Jesus says, okay, despite all of this, I'm about to show off that you might know that I am God. So bring him to me. Oh, this gets good. This gets good. Verse 20, you got to say amen. So they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, Immediately, it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Now, look at that, verse, verse 20 again. You with me? And they brought the boy to him. When the Spirit saw who? Jesus. Not the disciples. Not the Father. Not the crowd. When the Spirit saw Jesus, 
when the Spirit saw who showed up, when the Spirit saw that there's a power greater than his, when the Spirit saw that his game was coming to an end and he was going to lose, he tried one more time to kill the boy. That's what he did. He made one more attempt to destroy the life because even the demons know that God is all-powerful, that God is faithful, sovereign, and mighty, that God has the power to overcome darkness, wickedness, and every demonic plot that is out to get you. Okay, for some of you that are visiting right now, I know you might be thinking, wow, that's a whole, this guy is talking about a whole lot of demon stuff. Because it's real. Because it's real. But we have no fear. We have no fear. And you know what? There, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a generation that's afraid to go to sleep at night. Because they're tormented in their minds. And I'm tired of the devil tormenting, possessing, and oppressing our sleep time. <laughs> Aren't you? Like, I just want to rest. I just need my mind to slow down. Some of us, our mind is racing and then it becomes so overwhelmed with this and that and this and that that all of a sudden what it produces is fear. And when it produces fear, we draw back. And I'm going to tell you something. God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Love. Love. That love that washes and cleanses. That love that was demonstrated on the cross, that when, when Jesus died on that cross, his love poured out, it washes and cleanses us. It covers you. Covers you. Number three, a sound mind. Some of us don't have a sound mind. Some of us, it's like a war zone in our mind. You know what that's like. I know it. I know what that's like when you can't shut it off. You got fear and doubt and uncertainty and, and trial and situations running through your mind. It's rampant in bitterness and anger and your past and present. And what's my future look like? And I'm so overwhelmed. I can't breathe. And all of a sudden anxiety takes over your life. And I'm telling you by the power of God, you're going to have a sound mind. You're going to have a sound mind. The Bible says this. Listen, verse 22. No, no, no. Verse 21. I can't get ahead. Jesus asked the father this. Look at it. Verse 21. How long has this been happening to him? Now, now, now picture this, right? They bring the boy. He's, he's on the ground and he's foaming at the mouth. and He can't even talk. And his body's out of control. He's being tormented by this, this, this demon. And Jesus looks up at the father and goes, how, how long has this been happening? And the father says, since his childhood, Meaning that this has been happening for years. Meaning that this demon has possessed this young man since he was a little child. Still today, 2,000 years later, the enemy is still trying to possess our children. You know this, right? Still today, the devil is after our children. Trying to rob them of a sound mind trying to rob them of their purpose and the promise that God has for them. Still today, the enemy is trying to torment them with fear and anxiety and loneliness and despair and confusion and anger 
and frustration. Still today, the enemy is trying to attack and torment our children. This is what this little moment in scripture gives to me, a clear understanding that this is still a spiritual fight right now. 2020, this is still a spiritual fight. And we have to understand the power that we have in the name of Jesus. We have to tell our children, you have to call on the name of Jesus. You have to embrace your children. You have to hug on them. You have to love on them. I've got three children, 18, 15, and 10. Man, they're spread out. And they all have different personalities. But we're watching as they grow up that there, there are challenges. There are struggles. There are trials. There are fears that they face. There are things that overwhelm them. There's anxiety. It's real. There are stresses in life. There is the pressure to live this way, that way. There are the questions of whether I'm worth it or not. Uh, who can affirm me? And sometimes the parents aren't enough to affirm them. And so they're searching amongst peers and, and relationships and friendships. And if there's not enough friendships, they question their value. And it all becomes really overwhelming. And so mommy and I, we have to pray constantly and call on the name of Jesus. We have to walk into their room regularly and call on the name of Jesus. My wife, she is an all-star when it comes to praying over our children. Because whether they want the hug or not, she will go in and wrap herself around our children. My 18-year-old, just a freshman in college, but it's a lot to process. There's a lot going on in his mind. There's a lot that he's thinking through. He wants to know what's his purpose. What am I supposed to be doing? He's gifted and talented, but it's amazing how the world will create confusion. I love my wife because whether he wants it or not, but she will just go right into his room, swing that door open. Yes, she will. She'll jump right into bed with him and just squeeze him and hug on him. I love my wife and she, and she, she won't let go until she hears from God that it's enough. And I love her because she'll get in that bed and she'll kiss on him and she'll call on the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Why? Why does she do that? Because she needs, she knows, I should say, she knows the importance of demonstrating the love and the grace of God. Because that's what the arms of God represent. When he, when he went to the cross and he was nailed to the cross, that moment on the cross represents your victory over fear. That moment on the cross represents your victory over death. It, it represents your victory over anxiety, your victory over fear, your victory, your victory. For our sake, he went to the cross. But you have to call on the name of Jesus. You have to surrender your life. And so here is this moment where the father says from childhood, and it has often in verse 22, it, it, it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. You know, that means to me that, again, there's this generation that they're getting burned. Burned, burnt out, rejected, feeling alone, isolated. They're drowning, drowning in fear, drowning in the stresses of life overwhelmed, oppressed by the enemy. But then Jesus, he responds as the father continues to say something here in verse 22. You see, the father said this, 
the father of the boy, he says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. I love this moment. So the father gives a breakdown of the situation with his son. As if maybe, if he's able to do something, could you do something? The father gives a breakdown of his particular circumstances in the situation. And then he goes, but if. So often we do the same thing. We express to God all the things that are going wrong. And then we transition with a but if. You're able to do it. Hey, get rid of the but if. I want you to change it to but God. My son, that's what he, this is what he should have done. My son is being tormented. He, he gets thrown into the fire. He gets thrown into the water. But God, I know you're able to deliver him. You see, even though you've got stuff that you could rattle off to God because you're going through certain things, make the transition in your prayer, and it can only happen by faith, and you need to declare, but God, I'm going through some stuff right now, but God is able to deliver me. I feel like I can't go on, but God is going to give me the strength to keep going. I feel like my family's never going to come back together, but God is able to bring forth forgiveness and healing and reconcile, reconciliation. I feel like I can't overcome sin. I feel like I keep doing the same thing over and over again. But God, I know that you're Savior. I know that you're healer. I know that you'll set me free. We need to remove the but ifs. And we need to declare, but God. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. All things. Not some. Not the majority. All things, all things are possible, but you have to believe. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, and he said, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. What an honest prayer that even at times in my life, I've been afraid to pray. Because I've at times felt like, man, if, if God really knew my heart and how I struggle with doubt and how I struggle with fear and how I'm not quite sure sometimes and how I sometimes are like, hey God, are you really there? And I'm afraid sometimes, there have been times where I've been afraid to like pray this honest prayer like, hey God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, all God is asking for of you and I tonight is that we would pray honestly. That we would cry out with a, with a heart that is genuinely desperate for Jesus to do a miracle. I love this prayer. I love this cry. It should be your cry tonight. God, I believe, but help me because I doubt sometimes. God, I believe, but help me because sometimes I draw back. God, I believe, but help me because sometimes I'm fearful. God, I believe, but I haven't surrendered all to you. God, I want to believe, but I've been just doing the religious thing and I need to have a relationship with you. Help my unbelief. And he is faithful. 
He is faithful to respond to those who pray in faith. Help my unbelief. That has to be your cry. Help my unbelief. I want to know. I want to know that you went to the cross and you died for me. Help my unbelief. I want to know that you rose from the grave on the third day. Help my unbelief. I want to know that you're my healer. Help my unbelief. I want to know that you're going to show up on time. Help my unbelief. I want to know that you're going to be with me in the midnight hour and I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Help my unbelief. I want to know that you've given me your Holy Spirit. Help my unbelief. And in this moment, It's a powerful moment when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together. Verse 25. He rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit. I command you. Come out of him. And never enter him again. When Jesus shows up, there's a never again moment. Come out of him. Never enter him again. Meaning you're done. You're finished. Evil is defeated. The victory is mine. We're almost done, but we're getting ready to go before the Lord. And there's going to be a cry in the house of the Lord. Help my unbelief. And God's going to respond. I love this moment. Because he says, help my unbelief. Jesus looks up. Now, apparently, this means that whoever brought the boy to him, they were, they were in some place a little distant from the rest of the crowd. I don't know how all of this works, but the Bible says that when Jesus saw them running, running to him, then he responded. Why? Because Jesus will always get the glory. There was no way that he was going to allow this demon to get the victory to get the praise, to get the glory. There was no way that darkness was going to win that day. Not when there's a cry, help my unbelief. So everyone comes and he waits till everyone comes. And here's Jesus come out of him. I don't even think he had to raise his voice, my brothers and sisters. The power of God is not about volume. It's about faith. You don't have to go back home and whatever it's been that's been tormenting you, you don't have to scream at it. Just call on the name of Jesus in faith. Walk into each room in the name of Jesus and you believe that in faith. Come out of him. Do you know that this demon tried to beat this boy up and kill him one more time? The Bible says, look at it. That boy fell down, convulsing terribly. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. The boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said this, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. And he arose. Now I told you I was going to get back to the mighty hand of God. Because by the hand of the Almighty, I've been set free.
See, God does a finished work when you put your faith in him, when you believe, when you trust him, when you fully surrender, when you cry out, help my unbelief, God will respond. Now, this demon tried to put this boy out one more time, but you know, that wasn't going to happen because Jesus was on the scene. It ain't going to happen. When you and I put our faith in Jesus, you are good to go. This demon tried one more time to put him down. That boy cried out terribly, just beaten, because you know, sometimes the enemy wants to put a whooping on us in such a way that you would think that you've lost the fight. No, 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 no. Call on the name of Jesus and watch what God does. And here he was, laid out. The Bible says like a corpse, body not moving. Now it's amazing because the Bible says that the demon left him. The demon came out of him, meaning that he was delivered. But see, God just doesn't want to deliver you. He wants to give you resurrection life. It's one thing to be delivered, but it's another thing to be empowered. It's one thing to be delivered, but it's another thing to experience the healing touch of God, the mighty hand of God. You see, it's, it was one thing that he, he went to the cross and he defeated sin and death, but it was another thing that he rose up from the grave three days later and his hand is still extended that you might rise up and know I've got the power of the living God inside of me. You see, I want you to be delivered in the name of Jesus. Delivered. Deliverance. But also empowered. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. By the hand of the Almighty. You're going to be set free. By the hand of the Almighty. You're going to be delivered. By the hand of the Almighty. There's going to be a breakthrough. By the hand of the Almighty. You're going to know God as Savior. By the hand of the Almighty. Your sins are forgiven. By the hand of the Almighty. Addiction is broken. By the hand of the Almighty. There is hope in the name of Jesus. By the hand of the Almighty. You're going to sleep good tonight. If this is your cry. Then let's pray. We pray together. We come together here in the house of the Lord. But there has to be a cry. If this is your cry, help. Help my unbelief. I don't know what's next. Help my unbelief. I believe, but I'm still struggling. Help my unbelief. I go to church, but I'm, I can't feel anything. Help my unbelief. I listen to them sing and worship, but I, I just feel nothing. Help my unbelief. I don't see. I don't feel like it's going to get better. The years already started bad. Help my unbelief. And as we worship, I want you to come forward. In God's house, there is no condemnation. There is there's no shame. There's no guilt. Only grace. Grace. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to worry about who's watching you as you step forward because this is between you and God. And if there's a cry in your heart, help my unbelief, I'm just so overwhelmed. I want you to come forward. We're going to pray and you're going to experience the mighty hand of God. 
and he's going to set people free tonight. So you come. Come. As we worship, come. You sense God now stirring your heart, come. Come. Grab a hand and come as we worship the Lord. Glory to God. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. God is doing it right now. He's doing it. He's setting the captives free now. He's setting captives free now. You're free. You're free in the name of Jesus. You're free in the name of Jesus. You're free in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray a prayer with me. I want you to just pray in faith. That's it. It's not so much simply just the words in and of itself. It's, it's the faith in your heart to believe. And I want you to pray this after me. I surrender all. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I believe in faith that you died on the cross for my sins. And because of you, I have forgiveness for everything I've done wrong. I put my trust in you. Live inside of me. Make me a new person. I want your spirit dwelling inside of me. Be my deliverer. Be my healer. Lead me every step of the way by the power of your spirit. My hope is now in you. I am changed. I am a new person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.